Good evening. I'm Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. And with me are Melissa, who many of you, if you listen to the podcast, are familiar with. But we also have with us Sarah and Sonia, because we are talking about uh, fostering and adopting children. And Rachel and Lene may be joining us later on. And the reason why I asked Sarah and Sonia to join us is because um, I used to go to church with them in Virginia, and they have adopted and or fostered children and also have biological children of their own. So I asked them to come on and to share a little bit of their experience um, so I'm going to start with this question, and either one of you can jump in. Uh, how did you make the decision to either foster or adopt? Um, well, for me, uh, I grew up, this is Sarah. Um, I grew up in a family that uh, was full of fostering and adopting right from my childhood. Um, we had um, foster children in my house as long as I can remember And then my parents were in the military. And so we traveled to different countries and my parents um, also took us to volunteer in orphanages and um, adopted some children from those countries as well. Um, So there ended up being seven of us um, in my family of origin, four adopted and three of us were biological. So to me, it was just kind of the norm to grow up that way and and to continue doing that. So I got married when I was uh, 19 years old. And by the time I was 20, um, we had teenage foster children. And uh, eventually we also had biological children, but um, we we always knew we wanted to foster and adopt right from the get-go. So that was just a part of your life. That was normal for you. That's like you mm-hmm. go to school, you eat, you bring people into your family. That's just a part of way of life. That's amazing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, And we, um, my husband and I met in college and, um, you know, in all those talks you have when you're dating, when you're that young of what you're going to do with your family, we both uh, had this desire to build our family through adoption someday, somehow. And um, so, you know, as we started trying to have a family, um, at first, uh, physicians had told me that I wasn't going to be able to have any biological children. So, you know, for us, that kind of, um, well, it was a, a bit of a loss. It was also, um, you know, we were okay with that because we'd always wanted to adopt anyway. So we, uh, started the process to try to adopt and, um, while we were in that process, I, the Lord put my first son in, in my womb, um, and kind of changed our direction a little bit. Um, but we still, um, did end up a few years later going through the process to adopt. Um, and we have, I have, um, six children, um, four of them are biological and two of them are adopted. Um, and both of them were international adoptions. Wow. So I think it's awesome that 
for both of you there wasn't a well i have biological children now that's it i'm done there was still a desire to hey i have the capability i have the desire to expand your families open your homes and invite other people into your family um so lene just joined us but she's still connecting the audio so melissa i want to ask you because you also have experience with adoption i um took custody of my little brother is 24 25 um he still lives with us he's 21 now me and bill have him um my stepdad passed away and my mother unfortunately is a drug addict and so she uh she couldn't care for him so we went through the court system and i actually never fully adopted him since he was so old when we got him he was um technically like a foster kid even though we were family and so he kind of went through the foster system and he's like i said he's still ours he's one of our kids so let you bring up a good point so let me ask this what was there a determination of hey and I, I i was talking with sarah a little bit about this before we started of hey when we adopt a child um and bring him into our family is age a specific criteria because you know most people when they think of adopting a child they want the little tiny baby so they can grow uh and be accepted or considered a part of their family from like the youngest age possible so was like for you sonia was there a specific age that you were guys were thinking of or was that not a consideration or or how does that factor in at all or does it yeah i think when we first started out we were looking for more younger children um but as we went through the process and learned so much about kids who are waiting our heart really grew for the kids who are older. Um, because like you said, a lot of times families are looking more for babies to adopt. And so the older kids sometimes get overlooked. And um, uh, I, I, you know, what we've experienced with an older child adoption um, is there still are a lot of firsts that you get to experience with a child or a teenager or, you know, what, no matter what age they are, um, of things that, you know, maybe that child never had a chance to experience before in their life, just because they weren't a part of a family, um, or because they're got, you know, have holes in their development that you need to go back and, um, rebuild that relationship with them as if they were an infant. So, um, yeah, I think there's there. It's a really incredible opportunity, and I will say too, with the older children, um, it's really special when they get to a point um, if they choose you, you know, to be their family, and um, that's something that's very unique. And I have biological children too. Um, so I've experienced both of those things, but there is something just very, just incredible when you have an adopted child that chooses you to be their mom. And what about you, Sarah? Because I know you have various <laughs> age groups across the board. Yeah. Um, of my eight children um, that are legally my children, um, we've also fostered about 12 children through the years. Um, and some of them have definitely stayed in our family and we consider um, our own still, even though we weren't able to legally adopt them for one reason or another. Um, but 
of the eight, um, four of them are adopted. And um, one was adopted at two, one was adopted um, at eight years old, one at 17, and one more recently, actually, at 23, becoming our new oldest daughter. Um, she's been in our family um, more or less for about six years. Um, and just over the past couple of years, as she became more and more part of the family and asked to be adopted as an adult, um, I definitely saw that happen, that choosing to become a part of your family. And it's such an honor. Um, it doesn't come without hardship and it definitely has had some challenges, um, especially for my daughter's biological um, sibling who she's still very close to um, definitely some, some hard feelings there. You know, are you still my, my sister? Um, because they're very close, even though she doesn't have a relationship with her biological parents. Um, it's been, you know, that's been very challenging, but for us, it was also a great honor and we definitely consider her brother family as well. Um, so it's been a huge challenge, but I will say that through the past couple of years, I've seen that as well, Sonia, where we've been able to attach and bond and have like those childhood moments that she didn't get when she was little. She, she wasn't looked at with adoration and she wasn't treated as someone who was, who was lovable. And recently I, I watched something and I just started bawling, just thinking about her at that age not being loved or cherished or nurtured. And I, I just walked up to her and I said, I'm so sorry that when you were little, you weren't told that you were worthy of love because you are. And she just broke down sobbing and hugged me. And, you know, we have so many of those, of those wonderful little moments, even as a 23 year old adopted, you know, recently adopted adult. Um, it's been really special. All right. So I need a moment to wipe away my tears because that's just so powerful and touching. All, all I can think about is, and I know I, I told you guys, this is not a religious podcast, but all I can think about is that's how God looks at us and looks at us and says, you are so worthy of being loved. Even those of us who feel like we're broken or we failed or we've messed up in life. And he still looks at us and says, you're still loved, you're still loved, you're still loved. So that's that's so powerful. And I'm going to shift over because now we are joined by Rachel and Lene, so, uh, who are with us. And I'm going to bring them up to speed really quick by asking them both um, not to put you on the spot. So take a moment, Wusa. Um, would you guys ever consider like fostering children? Um, is that something, and I know depending on your household and your situation and um, all that stuff, because Lene, you have, your both of your children are really small and uh, you are kept very busy. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know if that's something you'd even, uh, maybe when they're older and then, yeah, but, or, or whatever, but uh, I'm going to start with you, Rachel, because now you have a lot more space, a lot more time. I don't know that that's the only thing that goes into a consideration, uh, but you're also very busy because you were even late because I told them you're probably on barn duty. Mm -hmm. That I was. <laughs> yeah. So um, what are your thoughts about 
doing something like that uh, overall. Um, and I know I'm kind of putting you guys on the spot. Um, so feel free to say, I don't know. In the very beginning, I thought that would be a great idea to bring kids into a loving home and having my own kids. I now know that kids, the kids just need love. And so I don't want to say never say never because here I am. <laughs> and I think if God has a right child for us, that someday down the road, that could definitely be an option for us. Um, you definitely can never say never. <laughs> I remember when you were like the epitome of corporate America working woman. And you were like, I am never having children. And then you did. Mm -hmm. And then you were like, yes, but I will never move out of the city. And then you got green acred and moved out <laughs> of the farm. So yeah, you can definitely never say never. Um, and Lene, I don't know if you're still there or yeah. So what are your thoughts? I'm still here. I am not sure that would be a decision that would have to have a lot of thought put into it, especially right now in my life. Definitely not right now. Someday, maybe I, it would be a Brandon and I discussion but right now our house is chaos so no not right now well here's the thing and i was talking with sarah a little bit about this before we started um so for sarah and sonia i'll ask you guys um were there difficulties integrating children into your family and specifically sarah you because you had ones of different ages so ones who had established this is what we always used to do you know and and for both of you, um, because you were crossing cultures. So it's a whole new culture, a uh, whole new, not only for them, but now your family is is accepting and learning about possibly and integrating a whole new culture. So um, Sonia, how did that like play into everything? Was it difficult? Obviously it took time, but um, how, what kind of helped you work through integrating yeah. that? Well, I was definitely, I was going to say to, you know, you other moms, one thing that I've always thought through, through the years is I envision in my mind, if somebody was to show up at my front door with this child saying they need a home, would I say, great, come on in, we'll be your family. Yes, definitely. Or would I say, come in, let me give you some dinner let me make a few phone calls. <laughs> Let me find a place for you to stay. And I think that's, you know, there's so many roles that we can play in a child's life. And even if you don't feel called to bring a child into your home right now, um, there's so many things you can do to come around families who are in that position to help them out. And that kind of goes along with your question, Floyd, because, um, you know, my um, so our first adoption, um, my daughter was 14 months old when she came home and she had such severe, um, separation anxiety that I couldn't even go to the bathroom without her for almost a year. So, um, just having other people in my life that could come, I had two other children at the time take them places, play with them, do stuff with them, bring us dinner, you know, um, 
and make them still feel loved and like they were a part of things because it it there is a dynamic you know anytime just like when you have a baby right and you bring this new little one home all of a sudden the whole world revolves around this little person and so um there you need to build into your community people who are going to love on your other kids so they feel like they're a part of things and that they're still um taken care of. And, um, our other daughter, when she came home, she was five. Um, and she had never been a part of a family before. And, um, we used to say she was kind of like a wild animal. Um, you know, we just, we couldn't even be in the house, um, because she just would destroy everything. And, um, so again, you know, and, and our, we had other little, I had three other little kids in the house so teaching her how to be a sibling, you know, in a way that was um, loving and not hurting everybody in the home. And um, it, it was hard. We've gone through hard years, um, trauma and stuff. You know, it's not it's not easy, um, but I will say so good. Um, and then I'll Sarah I'll let you share. But. Just recently, um, my son, who's a freshman in college, called me. I'll get choked up because this is like it's me. But he was doing a speech class, and they had to um, do a speech on something they were going to advocate about. And he chose to advocate about why people should adopt. And so this is my 19-year-old son. Um, he's the oldest in our home. He's seen it all. He's had a lot put on him. He, you know, and he, he wants to advocate for other families to adopt children. So all that to say it was hard, but, um, that really touched me that his heart is still soft to that. So he, he is now Sarah, where you said you were, where this has been a part of my life growing up, you go to school, you eat. You go to, you know, you do all these things, but you also welcome and bring other people into your family and integrate them. That is, that is so awesome that you're creating a culture and a generation of people who already have that mindset that this is a good way to live. This is, this is normal, opening your doors, welcoming people in and expanding your family. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, Sarah, cut you off, but go ahead and, and share your experience. Yeah, um, I definitely had some similar experiences. And I really love what you said, Sonia, about um, how you don't have to be called to adopt or to foster in order to impact the families and the children that are in those positions, because it makes all the difference in the world for people to you know, bring you a meal at the end of a long day where your newly placed child has been destroying your house all day. Um, and you just feel like, okay, I can keep doing this. I have outside support. It's not me, you know, alone in this. Um, it really does make a huge difference for somebody to come and, and take one of your other children and, and, you know, do something with them so that they have that quality time while you're adjusting to um, a new child in the home who I had that experience with my, um, with my son who we adopted. He, you know, he didn't come into the house and just want to cling to us. He came into the house and wanted to destroy everything and he didn't want to be touched. He wanted to bite you if you tried um, because trauma, right? You, he didn't know what it was like to be hugged or, or, you know, touched and 
a, a positive way where a caress to him looked like a threat. So to him, it was a, a really scary thing. But a couple of years down the road, um, he's incredibly attached and he's doing incredibly well with that. But it is a huge, um, a huge challenge integrating a child who has been through all of that into the household, much less from a different culture. Um, I've had, you know, I live close to an international airport and we fostered for the county. So we would have kids, you know, arrive at the airport from Africa unaccompanied and somebody wouldn't pick them up. And, and so, okay, here we go. We're learning about Africa now. And it's exciting um, to be able to be there for them during that, that scary time, because we could be that first person that they met in this big, scary new country and be able to just, hey, you know, you're okay, you're safe, you know, we're going to see you through this. Um, and we had, you know, some of them for days and some of them for months and some stayed in our household um, and became our adopted children. So it just depended on the circumstance. But um, I have to say my children are all so much more well-rounded because they've they've learned about, you know, all these different countries, all these different places, all these different ways of life. They've learned about what it's like to come from, you know, uh, a Hispanic country and what those cultures are like and, you know, an African country. They've learned what it's like to live and exist in these different places and to integrate those people into your, into your family and to love them. I think that's the biggest piece for, for me and for my childhood and for my children's childhood. It's just, okay, yep. We can we can love anyone because that's that's the basis of how we want to exist here on this earth is just to be welcoming and accepting and um, kind to the those next to us, whatever they look like, wherever they're from, whatever their beliefs. I'm going to ask you, Sarah and Melissa, because you've both had experience adopting much older children. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, and I know integrating, like you said, younger children, smaller children, uh, learning. But how is it with older children who already have a preset, this is the way I've done it for the last 15, 16, or in your case, 17 years. And now I have to, you're trying to get me to adapt to this. How has that worked out for you? And I'll start with you, Melissa. Um, for us, it was an adjustment. Um, even though Jordan is our family member, it was that like is what made it a weird adjustment for us. I went from being the older sister and us having like a sibling relationship and Bill being like that fun brother-in-law and him like seeing Jordan grow up to us being mom and dad. So all of a sudden, like when Jordan wanted to get smart, it wasn't us joking around anymore. It was then disrespect. And so it became like a weird area for him and Bill because Bill didn't want to overstep his dad with Jordan's dad just passing away. It was like, it was, it, everything was still sore and tender for us. Um, we kind of just stuck together as a family and we kind of just learned together. It's like being parents again for the first time. Whenever you have your first biological child, no one tells you when you come home from the hospital what's supposed to happen next you kind of go home and you stare at this thing like sitting in this car seat and you're like okay now what like what, what's supposed to happen now 
And that's kind of what it was when we brought Jordan home. It was like, all right, you're here. This is cool. But I'm kind of like mom slash sister and you're kind of my brother's son. So we're just going to like roll with the punches and hope for the best. And um, I, I feel like you, you bond in a certain way. And like I said, it's kind of like when you're having kids, you learn to grow up together. When, whenever you take in a kid, you kind of, especially an older one they're kind of trying to figure out life and you're trying to figure out how to be mom and dad to them while they're trying to figure out life as a teenager. So. Okay. Sarah. Yeah, I would definitely agree with all of that. Um, but like for us, for example, um, my daughter um, grew up 14 years in Nicaragua and then she came um, to America and within a couple of years, she um, was in our home and she was still learning English and she was still learning the culture and she had never lived with um, a Caucasian family. Um, she had never experienced our traditions or anything else, but we also hadn't experienced hers. And so we started to ask, you know, a holiday would be coming around and we would say, hey, what do you like to do around Christmas? And she would just glow when she was able to share about the positive things. Um, she was actually sponsored by Compassion International. Um, and so she had a lot of positive experiences through that program where she was given a gift on Christmas and um, she was given education and, and just so much love and affection through that program. Um, I can't speak highly enough of, of what they did for her and her childhood, but she would talk about, you know, the pinata that they got to smack down on Christmas Eve. And so now every year on Christmas Eve, our family has a pinata and we celebrate with certain meals at certain times that, that she did in her childhood. And it just, it means the entire world to her that we took that and put that in our household, but not just from international children, but from children that were raised here in America. And, you know, they still have different traditions. So we've just tried to take something, you know, from each one and integrate it into each of our holidays or each of our, you know, if it's a birthday tradition or whatever, and it makes such a difference to them and it enriches our lives so much to be able to learn from them and grow and open our minds more to things beyond our own little household here. When I 